1: Hey everybody, welcome back to another exciting episode of The Flow Line. I'm here with Matt Offenbacher, my host. Matt, how's everything in your world today?
0: I have little to nothing to complain about.
1: Good, good. I'll find something
0: soon, but like
1: right now we're doing doing pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, you're on a roll. Well, it's a Monday here while we're recording and so far the week's shaping up to be pretty good. We just celebrated some march birthdays i'm not sure exactly when this will be released but yeah that was exciting and one thing that i want to brag about aes and the culture is we do a good job of celebrating our people when the time comes around to my birthday i really don't like you know ah, happy birthday yeah yay. but i think it's cool to see people who maybe haven't been here quite as long to be able to go into the kitchen and everyone's there and hey cheers and you get to share some cake again it really kind of keeps that family community feel At bay. And again, I think it's important, again, just from a culture perspective and to kind of break the day up a little bit and to recognize our people. You know, they have birthdays and let's celebrate. I think it's cool.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's kind of funny because we were talking earlier and I was like, my
1: family's, we're not like birthday people.
0: Yeah. But it's funny to me because it's like, I was like, hey, come over here. Like, we want to celebrate with you. I'm not asking. And like, it's just different than the like corporate, like, you know, think of office space where everybody's like passing out cake and yeah. Milton doesn't get any or whatever. Like, <laughs> it's just one of those like, oh, my gosh, can I go back to my desk? It's like, no, you're just happy to see everybody and everybody's smiling and laughing. And you're like, this is neat.
1: Yeah, no, it's great. And then to think, too, it's not like we just hire someone to come bring cake. Like There's people within the company that take initiative to make sure that this happens. Right. And they're so busy and they have so many other things that they could be doing but yet they take time out of their day to... Or organize and coordinate with people like when are you gonna be here and let's make sure the cake's ready and you know it's neat and i appreciate it and again not for me because i don't like the attention but i love seeing other people get a kick out of it and smile and get their time but anyway that's about it for now matt a good topic today one that we may have mentioned in passing or in an episode you know here and there mentioning ditch magnet here or talking about the possum belly but again it's just i think we could create a full episode on it which we are going to do today is to talk about ditch magnets I think for those who aren't necessarily have been on a rig or have experience as a mud engineer, they might wonder, what in the world is a ditch magnet? For those who have been on a rig, they're probably like, oh yeah, those things. It's important, and then we'll explain why, but Matt, what is a ditch magnet?
0: Well, the name is, you know, way back when, they were actually like something you would just hang in the cuttings ditch, basically, like, or the flow line. But they're high powered magnets that you stick either in the flow line or the possum belly or somewhere early in the region of fluid flow to capture magnetic things, Mm -hmm. metal shavings, that sort of thing. So usually they're like a high powered neodymium magnet is a rare earth magnets. You may have heard of them. And those things are super brittle. So it's normally jacketed in steel or something. So you don't break them. And they're probably not good things to have your phone or your wallet near unless you want all your credit cards erased. Right. But, like, the vague part is there are a lot of different layouts for these things. Like, they come in all shapes and sizes because you can get a magnet, you know, you can get bar magnets or rods or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the whole idea is put them somewhere so that they can capture metal debris before it goes through equipment that it can damage or downhole where it can damage downhole tools, that kind of thing. Right screw up logging equipment, that kind of thing. So, you know, big picture, what we're trying to do is just capture that as it comes out of the well and, you know, to make sure that it doesn't come back down. I've actually even seen a box that has a bunch of these magnets in it that they would pass all the fluid through to make sure there was no residual metal filings. Makes sense. And where this was useful was way, way, way back when drilling in an area and they changed the casing program where all of a sudden they stopped having losses. So all of the mud was coming back and forth, back and forth. But there was a lot of, because this is from offshore platforms, there was a lot of casingware-related activities to do all kinds of things whether it's directional work or whatever yeah and over time it was creating tool interference directional people that is not your license to blame everything on something like this but it happened and if you ran a magnet through the fluid if you ran ran it for long enough yeah you would, would pick some up it was like, quite a bit yeah anyways like that wasn't a ditch magnet per se but it was basically like a box that you pumped all your fluid through and it had a bunch of magnets in it mm. you'd see it all but traditionally we'll put these somewhere on the rig and There's the really obvious cases of like, I'm going to generate metal shavings. So fishing, probably if you're trying to grapple something. Milling, obviously. Plug and abandon. If you're worried about casing wear, let's say you got a big step out, especially like you're sidetracking a well. I've seen sometimes requests for these, if you've got to do a wiper trip before logging, just in case it's like, oh, you're gonna clean out the hole and do a bunch of stuff. I don't want anything you do to interfere with the logging tools. Right. Anytime you think there might be some metal debris, you can throw in some ditch magnets and hopefully because a lot of fluid passes by them,
1: you can gather all that stuff up so it doesn't go back down hole. Right. Yeah. No, it's in, in handling things, which again, I know we'll talk about, but yeah, they're not just like little magnets that you stick on your fridge. Like these no. things are pretty big. They're like a size of a baby arm in some cases. Yes. Maybe bigger. Maybe. <laughs> but they're pretty big and they're pretty heavy. Yes. Which we'll get into the handling piece of it. but yeah. But so when people are thinking, they're like, was the size of a fridge or is this like a size of a rock you know but they're pretty big and so anyway we'll get into the handling piece but to give you an idea yeah they capture a bunch of and you have to think too is you're pumping called 600 gallons a minute it's probably not going to catch everything but it is big enough to where it'll capture if it gives itself enough circulating time it's going to capture a considerable amount of metal which is actually wild to see like i've Pull these things and I'm thinking you know a few shavings here and there and it's like where in the world did all this metal come from it's actually yeah. pretty crazy I And mean, now if you're milling something which means you're essentially drilling through casing or milling through something that you left down hole obviously you're gonna get a bunch of stuff back but in some cases yeah you might not be milling anything you'll be drilling regular hole but because of the smashing and banging up against casing a lot of times I can wear and tear and yeah, you need to catch it. So the obvious question is, well, where do we place them? Well, no, you don't put it in the rain, you know, in the ditch beside the rig uh, where the water accumulates. You know, Matt, where do we actually put these things? I mean, a lot of times you'll put them in the flow line. And granted, there are all kinds of
0: configurations, like yeah. said. but a lot of the ones you'll see today are like a series of rods that you can lower down into like the open portion of the flow line and basically extract them as you need to to clean them off but also arranged in a way so that if they start picking stuff up, they don't immediately pack off the flow line, which is usually nice. Right. Another favorite place is Possum Belly or Header Box. Yeah. Just because think about it, a lot of fluid goes in through there. You can keep an eye on things. Once again, powerful magnets. You got to make sure there's another equipment in gas detectors and stuff that might be interfered with. Yeah. I've seen some best practices say put them in the pit below the shaker, AKA, you know, like the sand traps. Mm-hmm. I mean okay. They seem like that'd be a lot harder to get to them. Me personally talking, there's a number of different places.
1: I would say most of the time I see them in the flow line or possum belly. Would you agree, Justin? Yeah. So in my experience, I've only ever seen them put in in the possum belly. Okay. And that way they're easy to access. You can grab them on a connection and stuff like that. So, but again, like you said, there's probably tons of places, but ultimately you want it at some point in the system that before it goes back down hole and ideally before the shakers because you don't want all those metal. And I think part of that too, is if you had it after the shaker, sure it'd be good. Like you could probably put one in the suction pit to really make sure you're not putting anything down hole. But, and we're going to get into this is it's important to capture before it goes over the shaker. So you can measure the amount, which is important. So to the next point is why do we do this? Okay. Don't put a bunch of metal down hole, but there's other reasons why we collect it and then actually pull it out. And there's a reason. So why do we monitor this kind of stuff?
0: I mean, yeah, there's the, is it there or isn't it? But for example, in a milling operation or whatever, how much of this stuff is still down there? Mm -hmm. So I don't know what you had like typically in a recovery rate. I think we usually said like 70 or 80% was pretty good. Okay. But if you bring back a bunch of, you know, you have a theoretical amount of steel that should come back when you're shaving at it with watermelon mill or whatever. Yeah. And so you can weigh it off the ditch magnets. You can continue to take the weight of those at regular intervals, clean them off, put them back in and. You have a cumulative weight and you say, okay, we got most of it. Or I left a bird's nest down there and I really shouldn't put my kickoff assembly into that mess because
1: we didn't get very much and it's not in my fluid. So it's probably down hole. Right. And again, as a rig hand, I remember having to take him out and put him in a bucket. And then after that, I didn't really know what happened. But now, you know, looking back and then years later, fast forwarding, I was part of a drilling project where that specific operator was having issues Or they suspected having casing wear, because I think they were having some issues on completions. I don't remember all the context behind it, but it was extremely important to, they were constantly measuring the amount to try and sort of quantify how much of the casing was being worn and if that was contributing to other issues that they were experiencing down the line. Yeah. So again, it was extremely important and they were every morning because I was working a lot of times in house and on the morning ops call, it was, okay, how many ounces of steel did we get today? And so there was a very sort of sensitive type of situation where they really wanted to get a good understanding of how much was actually coming out of the hole at at, that depths and everything else. So again, it can be really important to make sure that A, it's Which again, goes into the handling part, Matt. So how would we, talking about the safety of it, obviously got metal shavings, you know, that can cause obviously some issues, but what are some sort of handling procedures? And as mud engineers, it's not something, at least from my experience, we don't do, but it's important to talk about.
0: Yeah. Well, and a lot of times you may be asked to report on the Daily Mud Report how much metal was recovered. And so you'll probably be working with the rig hand that is supposed to be doing lifting and that sort of thing. But these magnets pick up steel. The magnets are heavy and the magnets with steel are heavier. So yes, like the proper PPE because it's metal shavings attached to a magnet. There are some better like setups. I've seen some that are just these big bars that you can set in the header box, Mm. which is great until they get loaded up with stuff and you're trying to pull them out. The thing is, the more loaded up it gets, the sooner you need to get it out and clean it because it's like an inverse square relationship. Like more metal on it, the weaker the magnetic force of the stuff passing by. So you want to keep these as clean as you can. Right. The nice ones, there were some that I saw would have like a special plastic slide to push all the debris off to the bottom. Yeah. But the ones I like the most that I've seen have, it's like a jacket and the magnet goes inside of it. And so you just pull on the handle. Cool. And all of the material just falls off into the bucket. Interesting. And you normally i one of those, you got like three of them or four of them next to each other, but you could just pull one out, pull it out, drop all the stuff instead of the like... What happens is you've got all these metal shavings and you try and use like a rag and yank them downers or whatever, and it's going to cut through that cloth. It's going to cut into your gloves like it's bad news all around. So there's safer versions of this. I think that's a differentiator. And then there's just the sheer part of like lifting, like they get heavier, wear your PPE, be careful, use proper lifting techniques. Yeah. And if you have the choice, get some of these magnets that are just really straightforward to clean
1: and smaller. So you're not when they're loaded up, they don't weigh a million pounds. Yeah. And you're probably wondering why I'm smirking and kind of laughing as you're talking about this. This comes back down to education and proper training. Okay. Yeah. So I remember <laughs> I wasn't going to admit this, but I'm going to anyways, and I don't really care. I took a ditch magnet out of back home. It's the shaker box. And they said, take it out, clean it off and put it back in. Well, I took it out, put it on the pits, they're graded pits, And I took the pressure washer and I just started pressure washing it (laughs) and blasting all the shavings back in the thing. And and someone I think was on the rig floor and they were like, and they called me Junior at the time because I was like the youngest kid on the rig. Like, Junior, what in the colorful language (laughs) are you doing? And I was like, I'm taking this magnet and cleaning it off. And they're like, what? dude, you're getting all this stuff back in the pits. What are you doing? <laughs> now looking back, I'm like, wow, because A, you're, spring, like you're pressure washing <laughs> metal shavings that could have easily cut me in more ways than one, gotten to my eyes, God knows what else. Just like the wormiest thing I could have ever done. And I don't know why, but I just remembered that as we were talking about handling of it. If you're going to handle this, don't pressure don't wash do it that. on the pits. <laughs> yeah, what not to do with Justin Gautier, okay? But no, but on a serious note, Yes, they're like super fine and you can cut yourself. Think of a paper cut times a thousand. You know, again, I would imagine there's a little bit better training. Hopefully now when just discussing about that, And to think from a PPE perspective and safety, like that would have been terrible. But if the operator was really trying to get an idea of the volume and the weight of these metals, like that obviously wouldn't have been good either. So... Handling very important. Make sure you ask before you just start doing what you think you're supposed to be doing. So never assume, right? That's what they say. Yeah. But yeah, Anyway, that's my story about ditch magnets. Anything <laughs> else, Matt? Before we close out,
0: I just I could imagine.
1: <laughs> I thought I was being such a good hand too. I'm like, oh, this thing's gonna be clean. They're gonna be so happy. Spotless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I They're, love
0: it. like <laughs> the two things I could imagine. Like you're like, and then after that, I heard a loud grounding noise, <laughs> grinding noise from the pump house.
1: Yeah. Like, oh, and then
0: I got to clean it for the next eight hours. Or, yeah. All of a sudden, I had to go up with the derrick because we had to come out of the hole. (laughs) Yeah,
1: proceeded to make a trip. I don't know why.
0: Yeah, Whatever, weird coincidence. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, geez. Anyways, that's probably why I'm not on a rig anymore because I probably messed up more things than one. But nonetheless, again, it's a good topic. It's something that you may not encounter all the time, but it's important to discuss. And as a mud engineer, if you know that there's a ditch made in there, ask questions. You may be able to help out by... You know, again, reporting it, helping the rig hand with, you know, measuring it. Maybe they're not familiar with how to weigh it properly. Whatever the case is, just make sure if there's one being used, understand why and if you can help out in any way, even if it's just from the reporting standpoint.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like, it's pretty basic. One of the confusing things is kind of the like, well, there's so many different kinds and all this other stuff. Like, what am I really supposed to be doing? Yeah. And then there's just the aspect of, as a mud engineer, it is cleaning up the fluid you're working on. And there may still be questions. I mean, we've recently had to have some stern remarks for directional companies, and I've definitely seen that there's something magnetic in the mud, and that's interfering with our tool. And it's like, okay, well, very unlikely, but let's test your theory.
1: Right. you know, Which episode was that in case listeners don't recall? It was like two or three ago. Yeah. Yeah. Justin and Matt get salty with the directional company. That's the one. Yeah. That's a good one. If you haven't listened to it, please share it and listen to it multiple times. We really, really appreciate the support on that one. Yes. Yeah. Well, Matt, that's all I have. Unless you've got any closing last words, we'll wrap it up. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's good. Awesome. Well, everyone out there, thanks again for listening. If you could support the show, please subscribe, leave a review, check out on LinkedIn, AES Fluids. We've got a great page, lots of content on there. Check out the YouTube page, Matt and his team. We do a bunch of technical called tech tips, good visualization for those who like to learn visually. I'm one of them. And with that said, everyone, please have a wonderful day. And until next time, take care. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening. Please tune in next week for another exciting episode of The Flow Line. And remember, may your returns always be full and your trips always smooth. Views expressed in this program belong to participants and not their employees. The program is for informational purposes only and cannot take the place of seeking professional advice. Copyright AES Drilling Fluids.